Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A quick note to the listener, the um, volume on this particular interview is very low, so I'm hoping that it's good enough for you to be able to hear the entire conversation, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, this is a low volume in terms of the recording that's on me, but uh, that's just a kind of a caveat here for this particular interview. For over 40 years, Val Kimmer one of Hollywood's most mercurial and or misunderstood actors, has been documenting his own life and craft through film and video. He's amassed thousands of hours of footage from 16mm home movies made with his brothers, from being the youngest student ever admitted to the drama department at Juilliard, to his time in iconic roles for blockbuster movies like Top Gun, The Doors, Tombstone, and Batman Forever. This raw and wildly original and unflinching documentary reveals a life lived to extremes and a heart-filled, sometimes hilarious look at what it means to be an artist and a complex man. We're joined today by the co-directors of the film Val, and that would be Ting Pu and Leo Scott. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks thank so you. much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. How did this uh, project come to you? Do you know, did you know Val before you started this? Yeah, I, I met Val um, about 10 years ago. Um, I was editing a half hour comedy um, and it was such an incredible performance. Val was playing himself as, himself as a motivational speaker um, and it was such a mesmerizing, hilarious performance that um, I, I just wasn't bored of it even after two or three weeks of editing and I told this to the director it's Harmony Corinne and he told me look you should tell Val this he'd be thrilled to hear from you I, said, I don't know him I don't know him he's like go on just tell him write him I did Val wrote back to me within less than a minute and the kind of left the rest of sort of history we, we ended up working together on um he, he got me helping him on his Mark Twain play that he was putting together early workshops he'd already started and I was moving to America at that time and I started helping him shoot behind the scenes as he was developing this character further. Val had wanted to tell this story about creating a role. And I could feel this was an important beats of the story that we, we, were, we would have missed had I not shot them. So I was just sort of filling in, shooting them for part of some, some other bigger story. Um, and uh, went on the road with him and developed a friendship, a trust uh, um, and uh, collaboration and um, around a year or two after then, he revealed about this mountain of tapes that he had been gathering his whole life. And he asked me to help him bring them back from, you know, bring them from from um, analog formats and film reels uh, to digital, uh, into digital world. You know, so by digitizing these, these mountain of tapes, I was quite blown away by how much there was. And it, it, we moved them into my garage for about nine months. And even by, after then, we weren't finished. An assistant editor helping me load in over 20 different formats of video and audio and film. We were putting together a Mark Twain story centered around the idea of acting and creating a role. And 
and uh, but with elements of his life of his life and his development up to that point. Uh, but we halted that version of of of, of the film um, after he you know, stopped touring the play. He he, he lost his voice. Um, he was dealing with some some health issues around that time, and it wasn't until two or three years after then when Ting came to me. She, she's a collaborator a fellow editor and she came to me having re recalled seeing some of these tapes a couple of years earlier and she's like i i haven't forgot these i'm ready to do something meaty like what, you... whatever happened to that <laughs> all that all those tapes that, that you guys were loading i'm like are you, are you are, did you make something or are you making something around that like val was re had recovered from illness and and leo was like this is probably a great time to to dig back into that stuff. So we went to Val together and asked if he'd be willing to tell a bigger story about his life and career from all this material. And he gave us his blessing. What did you see in the video that hooked you? What was it that you saw when you were watching it thing when you, and they, obviously it stayed with you. So what was it about it? I mean, it was, it was two things really. Like there was, one was just like historical aspect of it that the the i the iconic um never be seen footage from these huge movies like, like he showed me stuff from the trailer and top gun and on set at top gun i'm i'm this i'm so just like this is stuff that needs to be these are historical moments in his in movie history that help tell the tale of of these iconic films that everybody knows and loves. So it was that. And then on the other hand, there was so much intimacy in some of the more personal stuff, which I thought was just such unbelievable and intimate access into somebody who is in everybody's cultural pop vernacular. But this is like someone's real personal life um, revealed intimate moments with his family, his kids, his parents. So it was twofold. It was both the personal and professional that I thought this, there's something really, this is an incredible story to be told here. I want to mention, I want to, it sort of ties in with what you're talking about, what you saw in the video, sort of the, the humanity and the stories of, I assume some of the stuff from his family archives, you probably, I don't know if you saw any of that, but this, and there's kind of an elephant in the room whenever you talk about Val Kilmer, because this sort of his reputation precedes him in some ways, or at least it's become part of the, the zeitgeist around him of his, I don't know, I don't even know, going back many years, but it was just that he was quote unquote difficult. It, this is addressed to some degree in the film, you know, this sort of what people have over time come to think of him. And it's, it's such a shame because of so much of the work that as I'm watching Val became, becomes more and more, it puts all of that other stuff, the, 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 the baggage in such a different kind of uh, frame, if you will, to see him not only be honest and frank about his life, but also to see his work and to see what he tried to bring to his work, what, all, how much of him he tried to put into his work. But it is just something that has sort of trailed him and his reputation for a while. And I don't even care one way or the other what it is or if it's true or how much it's true. But it just I just think that somebody's life, especially in Hollywood, and especially somebody who is in these huge projects, can just be tarred beyond, rec beyond recognition and beyond repair in some cases. I don't know if you want to comment on any of this. I was just 
I mean, I can, I can like talk about my own experiences of being spending time with him and and um, and filming, even going back to like the Mark Twain project he was doing. And my experiences of him is he's so generous and like so like he's such a uh, a fascinating character as a as a man. I, I kind of always felt with him as like I suppose in my in my experience of of, of this film and working with Ting. He, he was so surprising as a person. He would give you the things you wanted, sometimes not exactly the way you wanted them, but he'd give you something way more special. And I, I've only found, I've only ever experienced the side of Val, which is really sort of electric and surprising and generous and this sort of thing. So, um, I, I mean, in terms of his reputation, I mean, I've personally, sorry? I didn't mean for it to to uh, digress into a to anything other than just to say that we know so little about somebody and yet we seem to think we know a lot. Yes. And I right. think that's what I that's my point. Yeah, and I I think what we just tried to do with the film is I mean the film is told from his point of view. Yeah. But we didn't really shy away from difficult scenes or difficult situations, hopefully life as he lived it. What I hope the film does is give you context to know him as an artist and an actor and the things that drove him so that it's left up to the viewer to, 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 to interpret those situations. But we wanted to give as much context into him, his character as possible. Right. And it's just a, a byproduct of fame. And it doesn't take much for a bad something to be, that's about, said something about someone to become kind of the the top line in something about their career or their life. And I just, that's all, I just wanted to kind of bring it up because I just know from being around film for a while, it's just that sometimes this just happens a lot. And I just wanted to kind of put it, want to talk about it and get it out of the way because there's so much more in the film. Uh, people who may not be familiar with Val Kilmer as much as I am and obviously others. Uh, Top Gun, which was a huge, it was a cultural movie. Some films come along and there's sort of demarcation lines before and after. Jaws reminds me of the back in the day, right? Top Gun, these films come along and in the doors as well. Well, they, these are big films and he was a big part of them. And so what would you say about his career? Uh, Ting, how would you sort of, in terms of talking about the big movies that he was in, how would you characterize his acting or his, the way he approached that? I mean, I just think he approached every role with an intense work ethic. And I can vouch for that for watch, from watching hours and hours of him rehearsing for each of these roles that he's been in. I mean, he just, he, he puts in so much work into each character so that he can just live and be that character when the day comes. I think that was one of the things that surprised me most. I mean, not I know that actors are hardworking, but like there are some roles like Hamlet, which he lived in for years. Like the, there, there'd be years spans of him rehearsing this character because it's one that he really, really wanted to play. So it's just like that kind of unrelenting drive to perfect something or to, to, to really perfect and go deep into a character that I think is really special about him. Anything you'd like to add to that, Leo? I've, I've sort of got to experience some of what Ting's talking about in relation to the Mark Twain project, because I just got to see how involved he was. It, took, it was the amount of 
um, time and effort he was putting into perfecting that character, you know, from the endless makeup test just to get the the nose looking better or what rewatching the tapes of the performances and go, oh, the, I don't think that the walk from that point to that point is quite right. And then he would work on those moments and it's so much dedication to, to these characters and got to experience that and witness that myself. It, it, it was really special. We, we've been talking about all the footage that he shot um, of, from his life. His early life is very fascinating where he came from and the impact that some tragic uh, events happen in his life in terms of his siblings. I don't know how much detail you'd want to go into on this, but to see what shaped him, where he came from. I'm from the Valley, by the way. So when he's driving, when we're driving around <laughs> Fernando Valley, I had a little, I had some traumatic flashbacks as well. <laughs> so, um, I understand. So, I mean, there's a lot about him that we're about the same age. We're clo very close. And so, and so there's a lot of things in his life and what he was going through and kind of even, you know, even the times he lived through. So it was, he's, a, and he's, he's exceedingly uh, relatable in this film and he is very, very vulnerable. And I just, yeah, I, I to, to watch him talk about his family and the tragedy that really seemed to have an impact on him, a tremendous impact. Do you want to talk about his brother or? Sure. I mean, in relation to the film, absolutely. I mean, he, what was quite amazing actually for, for us is, um, you know, he had spoken about his brother many, he has two brothers, uh, Mark and Wesley. Um, so Wesley died at age 15, drowned, and it was such a tragic moment in the family's life, obviously. And Val had spoken many times about what an incredible genius, budding director Wesley was. And it's something he speak, speaks about all the time, like for, for years. And, and, and uh, you know, he was going to be a, a future like Spielberg or something. And, and um, what was quite remarkable in the making of this film is we got to go into old film reels that hadn't been transferred yet, that Wesley had shot and the, uh, the brothers had acted in. And boxes of these film reels where they recreated old movies and there was such creative, amazing, so abstract and inventive ideas of recreating these movies and, and got to see actually he's, Val is actually very accurate here. Like he was going to be an incredible genius uh, director. And, and then it was nice being able to share these uh, films and um, with, with Val and even like, you know, you recut the, the teeth. Yeah, I mean, I think the spoof they did on Jaws hadn't been put together before. And so we like cut it together for the first time. And it was just the stuff they made was so fabulous. Uh, Wesley in particular had mastered so many like filmmaking skills as a young filmmaker. He he was doing single cell animation, um, stop motion animation, even double exposure to like have giant monsters come in on little people. I mean, it was just sort of really incredible. And so like, you really do feel like what a loss that, that was because, you know, they were like this little creative team together. And I think in the film, he represents sort of the genesis of that creative spirit that Val carries with him throughout his life. I would also think that at that age, they're young men and to have someone 
who you love and care about so much, to be able to reinforce each other's ideas, reinforce your confidence in what you're doing would be such a powerful dynamic to be able to make movies in your backyard. But in addition to that, to feel like you're looking at something that's creative, that it's actually, it actually looks like a movie. It actually sounds like a movie would be yeah. incredibly yeah. reinforcing and, and give you the confidence because this is a tough business. I don't, I don't have to tell you it's just, it's so difficult. And to get that kind of at that stage in your life to get that would have been incredible. And then to have it go away would have just been devastating on a lot of levels. And certainly the way he passed, it's bad enough, but what the, the circumstances under which he passed, incredibly, incredibly traumatic. Definitely. No, no I was gonna say just before him, he was due to start at Juilliard, you know, so he, he was you know, mourning his brother, you know, after, what should be the happiest moment and you know one of the happiest time moments of his life going to the school that he'd been dreaming about going to i want to remind our listeners we're talking about the documentary film val and it is so it'll be on amazon prime beginning on friday august 6th we're speaking with the co-directors leo scott and ting poo i'd like to talk a little bit about one particular film because i think it's for me the one that is kind of the defining one. I know there may be others, and, but The Doors, I think playing Jim Morrison, because he would have, he would have been a sort of almost a peer of Val Kilmer. He was pretty close in age. I mean, he was a lo little bit younger than Jim Morrison, but nonetheless, something for a lot of people who grew up in that era was a big deal. And so for him to be able to pull off the performance, which was pretty remarkable. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, in terms of what roles defined him as a, in terms of that, that era of his career? Or is it fair to talk about The Doors as some was above and beyond or? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's funny because for me, Val Kilmer is Jim Morrison. Like when, yes. <laughs> when, when I grew up, like that was, that movie was sort of my introduction to The Doors and, growing up like when i picture when i picture jim morrison i see val's face <laughs> you know and i think it's also a credit to the way that he in inhabited him I, I that was a role that he fought for and worked hard to get and then when he got it he didn't stop working he he rehearsed those songs over and over again and, and could sing them in a fashion where some of the doors couldn't even tell the difference between his voice and, and jim's voice not surprised that you picked that movie out because it, it is truly like like a, a character that he disappeared into definitely put the work into disappearing into him but also i would say that about what i saw in the mark twain performance as well i mean he's good at he's obviously a very he's a great actor but i mean to see the level of commitment in jim morrison and then to see it in mark twain I know in around the time the doors, you know, Val's he says it even in the in the film how he wore the he wore the leather trousers around the house, he dressed as Jim. And he was being Jim at home as well as <laughs> uh, domestically as well as uh, around the film set as as preparing and making these films and and singing the songs as Ting says. I mean around the Twain time he Val wasn't <laughs> going to bed in that moustache or any of the twain up there's none of i didn't see that though it was very much in his all aspects of his life and 
you know, working on the writing or every day because it was he's also producing it and and uh, producing the the play and and um, and directing himself. So he was incredibly involved, um, and it was all about making it better and better. It was about taking one minute out of it. He, he was fanatic about timing. So how long was that one? You know, because it didn't quite feel tight enough, or maybe it was a little bit too tight this time. And he was trying to make you know trying to get the the flow the best and and um and you know reviewing and improving and just it was all about making the performance better and more enjoyable to the audience you know he gave that you know that idea of of going into the character so much that the thoughts become logical and the movements become logical so when you walk somewhere it's the first time feels like the first time you've walked somewhere and he he loved he he spoke a lot about this this idea of just understanding exactly how the character acts so much that you don't even have to think about it on the day yeah. um, that's kind of his approach to to the roles those those meaty roles that he's invested so much in yeah and, and with Jim Morrison I mean you know, it's kind of a cultural icon he came along in a moment and he kind of held up a I would say he held up a mirror to the culture and it went into some pretty dark places kind of a real artist who explored it. and I would say that about Mark Twain I think he held a mirror up to America. I love the fact that you, in the film, we call him America's first stand-up comedian. I, I think that's, and thought of it that way, but that's absolutely feels right to me. So I, I uh, yeah, so I, I, I like that he, I'd love to have seen him in Hamlet. I don't know if that could be in his future or not, but by the way, you don't have to include this if you don't want, how is he doing? How is his health as he holding up? I saw Val on the weekend, and he was in he was in good spirits, and he's uh, he's really you know proud that the film is out and people are watching, and it's he's excited about it um, being shared with you know uh, more and more people, and and um, and sharing sharing the message and, and and his life, and yeah, so he's really proud about it, and. Well, I want to let people know that, again, the film is called Val. It will be available on August 6th uh, on Amazon Prime Video. And I suspect it will be, get a tremendous reaction. I, I, I think people are really going to gravitate to this and uh, to finding out more about someone who, as I said earlier, we think we know, but we don't. And I think that's the beauty of films like Val and others that have an, give us an opportunity to get to know people in a way that uh, is enriching and, and, and it seems very fair and honest about it. It's good to see that his son was doing the narration in the film or the voiceover, I should say, the voiceover. I thought it was great. And it's also good to see Jack and Mercedes, his daughter, involved as producers in the film as well. So a family affair, right? Definitely yeah well thank you well thank you so much the film again is called val we've been talking with the co-directors leo scott and ting Pu. thank you so much thanks so much thanks so much thank you You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 